Welcome to the podcast. Today we have myself and my colleagues who will introduce themselves whenever they're ready. I'm uh, Jacob Messner. My name is Don Dolatik. I am Takiziana Marsh, and later on we will also have Amani, um, who we'll hear from later in the podcast. We are going to be discussing critical race theory, and critical race theory is a term that's new. Um, it stems from critical theory, which includes a number of different academic intersectionalities, um, but it also stems from Marxism. More recently, we've had a number of different events that have added a spark or somewhat of an uprising to the study of critical race theory, like the murder of George Floyd, or even the protests that we've had here locally in Columbus um, downtown for for a different number of civil rights activism. CRT is not a diversity and inclusion training, but a practice interrogating the role of racism and race um, in society that has emerged in the legal academy and spread to other fields of leadership. Crenshaw... Um, who is a scholar that coined the term CRT, notes that CRT is a na- is not a noun, but a verb. It can be combined to a static or narrow definition, but is considered to be evolving in a malleable practice. Critical race theory also critiques how the social structure or the social um, construction of racism and institutionalized racism perpetuate a racial caste system that regulates, or relegates rather, people of color to the bottom of those tiers. Critical race theory also recognizes that race intersects with other identities, including sexuality, gender identity, and a number of other things. Critical race theory recognizes that racism is not bygone relic of past. Instead, it acknowledges that the legacy of slavery, racism, segregation, and the imposition of second-class citizenship on Black Americans and other people of color continue to permeate the social fabric of this nation. So we are now going to discuss a little bit what we will be talking about in the podcast. In the podcast, we'll be discussing the history, the historical context in which CRT was created and evolved. We'll be discussing the importance of it, why it's uh, important to acknowledge the types of theories that fall under critical race theory. We'll be talking about, in the modern era, some of the issues that have been occurring with CRT and education, the misinformation campaign against CRT, how it's become heavily politicized and um, the issues with legislation that have been ongoing in contemporary American politics. Specifically about like the broad implications of critical race theory and like how it's being banned and the restrictions being placed on it. So I guess we can just get right into that. Um, what do you guys think uh, would be like the most uh, important thing to consider uh, going about this discussion uh, as it's being banned and criticized in like uh, modern day? I would say it's definitely important to think about all of the different perspectives or aspects that we can look at um, when it comes to thinking about critical race theory. Um, I know that Crenshaw likes to mention to think about the perspectives uh, of Black Americans themselves rather than thinking about um, how someone else is perceiving Black Americans. It's better to ask for the perspectives or what those Black Americans are experiencing rather than just assuming. I would also say that the discussion like in the political landscape needs to start with a clear definition of what critical race theory is. In contemporary politics, uh, CRT has become sort of a boogeyman for people to rally against without really knowing what it is or what the theories actually are, what it's criticizing. Instead, it's just become kind of a political talking point to say this is indoctrination. You know, we have all these politicians and special interest groups and just school boards in general just uh, finding new ways to bend and distort the actual history of this country to fit their agenda, to justify their, their rhetoric that got them into office and in their positions of power in the, in the first place. Um, and, you know, if they're successful in getting over 50% of the country 
to ban uh, critical race theory and discussions of systemic racism and you know the histories of chattel slavery and colonialism, et cetera. Uh, it, it's incredibly dangerous uh, to everybody. Um, it is not white, uh, and it's already spurring attacks on people's identity and uh, just making people afraid to go out even to go to the store. Like we have instances of violence throughout the history of this country against people of color, yet they, people think it's okay to just gloss over that and make it seem like it's, these are just random acts that aren't somehow connected to one another. It's essential at the educational level, really, because in order for a democracy to function, people actually need to be properly informed. And um, in, in America, a lot of people tend to take on this ahistorical type of view of colorblindness or society is fair, society is just, racism like isn't an institutionalized thing. Everybody should just, like, you know, not see color. Uh, the reality is race is a social reality and it does impact the way that people live their lives. It impacts the opportunities they can get, impacts the way that they're perceived. And it's important to actually delve into the racist history of America because America is a pretty new country, relatively speaking. Racism, uh, it's, it wasn't that far off that slavery was, you know, such a popularized thing. Like, we didn't ban that until about 200 years ago. Uh, same thing with segregation, Jim Crow. That was not that long ago at all. You know, so it's important to understand the history. It's important to understand how race actually plays into uh, the way you're perceived socially. So now that we've defined what um, CRT or critical race theory is, we can definitely see how it's been able to gain momentum over time and why it's something um, that's coming up again. Um, as we know, history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it continues rather. Um, so one could say that since the 1990s, the American criminal justice system has continued to um, enslave Black people. Um, and we can see these through things like the war on drugs, what's taught in school, or even um, like the redlining and where people were able to buy homes. And for that redlining, where people were able to send their children to school. While critical race theory um, has definitely existed for well over 40 years, um, the foreground of it, I would say, started within the 1980s during the civil rights movement. And the CRT was the, able to become a movement after the foreground was set by those legal scholars like Kimberly Crenshaw, Angela Harris, um, Patricia Williams, Richard Delgado, and there's so many more. Um, and so when CRT is mentioned, there's a common name that people think of, which is Kimberly Crenshaw. And she's definitely a very prominent leader within that. And Kimberly Crenshaw is a civil rights activist and a legal scholar, just to name a few credentials. Um, Crenshaw is as UCLA, UCLA describes, a pioneer of critical race theory. And Crenshaw, Crenshaw focuses on intersectionality and Black femininity. And with those two different things, intersectionality is able to include different minorities um, that are going to exist in, or that are going to exist within America and face discrimination. And the idea of Black feminism comes from the idea that um, Black women in America face this sort of double jeopardy or double bind. Um, they face 
discrimination because they are a woman in America, but also because they are black in America. So they're more likely to be discriminated against. Um, while Crenshaw has definitely helped tremendously with the development of CRT, there are other prominent legal scholars who have helped as well that we mentioned, um, like Derek Bell, who was a professor at the University of Washington Law School. With Bell, um, he is a philosopher and his writings in the 1970s and the 80s definitely put the foreground for the CRT movement as well. Um, his work is said to have been very prominent for the development of CRT. And in Bill's writings, he expresses that Black people have to deal with the harsh realities um, when it comes to advancement within society. And it sort of ties with um, the idea of W.E.B. Du Bois, who states that um, sort of like Black people in America deal with an identity crisis of having to pull off from all of these different things of what society is telling them to be and how society is treating them um, as far as a number of different things that could contribute to um, your personality as far as the way that you act, your demeanor, or the personality traits that you possess. Um, so with Bell, he worked alongside many other legal scholars as well, like Alan Freeman, and again, Richard Delgado, in trying to combat with the fact that Black people and minorities issues, um, those interests are becoming a bit subservient to the American government as an institution. Um, and while we're mentioning the American government as an institution, we definitely know that that institution has done things, as mentioned before, in order to keep Black people suppressed. So we can go and talk about um, the theory that Crenshaw has, where she talks about um, the pipeline from um, your child's school into the prison system. So while CRT was initially put in place for Black people, um, it's definitely been a stepping stone for other minorities as well. Um, and it's important to understand what CRT is and why it's necessary in order to break these generational curses that um, the American government as an institution has been able to create. Now that we have outlined the historical precedents for critical race theory, as well as its relevance interwoven into the very fabric of the United States, I would like to emphasize the importance of the academic theory in America today. Due to the sensationalized discourse surrounding critical race theory in recent years, especially after 2020, it has become increasingly important to not only establish a firm understanding of the academic theory, but also to outline its importance in education today. Critical race theory remains a crucially important area of education that should be taught in American classrooms due to the way that it enables teachers and educators to deliver an honest education to students about the history of the United States and the ongoing ways in which race and racism fundamentally shape the structure of the nation. One of the most essential benefits of critical race theory is its confrontation of historical realities. A true history of the United States is absolutely essential 
when talking about equipping young Americans will enter the future workforce as well as constantly in interact with the structure of the nation to be equipped with proper information to confront racial realities that may be otherwise uncomfortable to either discuss or conceptualize within their own minds when understanding the country and structure of it around them. Not only this, but also critical race theory is an essential tool in education in all facets from public health to politics, to medicine, and different practices, the ways that race, sexuality, gender, ability, and disability interact with the lived experiences of Americans. When speaking of the five tenets of critical race theory, they are the following. One, challenging dominant ideology, the dominant and persistent understanding of race relations and ideology of American history needs to be challenged, and this is what critical race theory seeks to do. Second, committing to social justice. This is extremely important as in the post-2020 landscape of American politics and social justice structures, it has become more and more a part of the cultural discourse, and thus it is important for students to be equipped with understanding of it fundamentally, which is provided by critical race theory. Third, it centralizes and legitimizes experiential knowledge of people of color, which can be often left out of the traditional educational narrative. As well as this, the fourth tenet is transdisciplinary perspective, which is very important because, as mentioned earlier, there are so many different ways in which critical race theory can help understand and theorize different academic areas, such as in history, such as in current events, public policy, and public health, and in varying different arenas. Lastly, the inextricable and interwoven facets of race and racism in explaining how the United States society functions can be understood through critical race theory. All of these five tenets are great ways to understand the benefits and importance, vitality of critical race theory in American education. Overall, moving towards a more equitable reality is only possible with the employment of critical race school theory in schools to extinguish unproductive guilt and also to allow students and American population in general overall to unite and create an America that lives up to the espoused ideals of not only meritocracy but fairness and equity throughout the nation. So with this being said, and the established importance and benefits of critical race theory, despite the distinct precedence of critical race theory rooted in the history and contemporary landscape of the United States, this discourse surrounding the theory itself has been sensationalized nationally. Next, we will explore this discourse and the barriers to widespread application and acceptance of critical race theory. Critical race theory has become an incredibly contentious issue, you know, with like around 18 states as of February 2023 successfully implementing a ban or a type of restriction on it. Uh, states all across the country, led by efforts of Republican governors Greg Abbott of Texas and Ron DeSantis of Florida, have tried to shift discourses and narratives around the concept towards one of division and anti-Americanism, <laughs> as if learning about the actual history of this country is anti-American. 
But to be honest, I believe everybody should be anti-American if that means we question this country's existence as a beacon of democracy, especially considering it was founded on the backs of indigenous people and black people. This country torments the world in search of power, domination, and profit. It is no surprise that politicians are attempting to censor that part of its history in order to preserve the rhetoric and narrative backing that got him into office in the first place. Uh, but I digress. Um, in these 18 states, it has become clear that institutions of higher education are facing mounting pressure to ban the multitude of classes, departments, and studies that in ways mirror or even go further than basic critical race theory. Back in 2020, uh, after President Trump issued an order to stop states and colleges from teaching CRT, the University of Iowa temporarily ceased funding and support of things like diversity training. This shows that there is a, uh, a, a large concern within academic areas of being penalized. Others, like the University of California and University of Oregon, have reaffirmed support for these classes and ideas, merely strengthening diversity training, ethnic studies classes, and much more. Specifically, ethnic studies classes allow students to actually learn the different cultures and ideas that come with going into college in the first place. You can't just present a, a, a whitewashed and homogenized like, idea of history, of culture, of the world and expect people to not be uh, expect people to be educated on subjects like that um, colleges like Ohio State have diversity and inclusion bylaws inserted into the code of conduct and day-to-day -day businesses to ensure that at least uh, in a symbolic type of way that uh, you know um People are, are learning what's actually supposed to be taught. Uh, but it's also it's safe to say, even if states try to ban CRT, that colleges will not be beholden to this. However, with groups like TPUSA and the Proud Boys threatening professors and students who teach these ideas with violence and doxing, the environment will get, get much more hazardous if there is not meaningful legislation or movements meant to protect not only the teaching of CRT, but the people CRT is meant to protect. Moreover, on March 22nd, there is literally going to be a uh, TPUSA, Turning Point USA event, where Charlie Kirk, the founder of TPUSA, who has uh, in the past voiced support of insurrectionism, uh, Nazism and racism, transphobia, is literally speaking at the Ohio Union. We need to combat things like this. Uh, but also, K-12 through is a different story where public schools beholden to state and federal funding must adhere to laws that ban CRT or lose that funding. Uh, teachers have routinely lost their jobs because they didn't alter their course material. Personally, two of my favorite high school teachers, leftist teachers in a school of fooling rage, full of raging conservatives, were actually escorted out of the school and taken to court because their course materials challenged both state and school board mandates. This is a scene that plays out across the country, including in high school libraries, where thousands of books that somehow teach division and deceit are removed and trashed. This includes books like 1984, The New Jim Crow, and others. This is reminiscent to the Nazi book burnings during the Holocaust, and honestly, it isn't all too surprising, considering the Nazis of Germany were inspired by the tactics white supremacists and slavers used here in the United States. 
but that's something we wouldn't know if it weren't th for things like CRT. We see parents objecting to this being be taught by taking teachers to court and threatening to homeschool their children. This is an epidemic of ig ignorance, plainly put. A recent example of this is the issue of AP African American history courses being banned in Florida and the college board bowing to pressure and watering down the course material. Sure, this is a movement spurred by politicians like DeSantis, but we see millions of parents and people continuing to spread their hatred and racism into the minds of our children. It's an absolute disgrace. Now that we've discussed the modern day political controversies associated with critical race theory, it's time for us to examine why CRT is so controversial and to look at legislation in Florida as a case study of how ignorance is dangerous. In America, conservative politicians have been pushing disinformation against CRT, dating all the way back to the 1950s and 60s. In the late 1960s, conservative politicians such as George Wallace opposed racial justice initiatives by equating racial justice with communism and anti-American sentiment. Wallace called the Civil Rights Act a fraud, a sham, and a hoax. And even today, we see the same type of red scare rhetoric against racial justice movements with buzzwords like cultural Marxism. In the current day, there's been a lot of outrage toward CRT from Republican legislators with claims that CRT is reverse racism and that schools are indoctrinating white children to hate themselves. This is simply not true. This is not what CRT is. Instead, critical race theory seeks to examine the history of racism in America, as well as institutionalized racism in contemporary society. This widespread disinformation campaign has had very harmful impacts on education as a whole and has resulted in many censorship efforts. For example, the Wisconsin Assembly has passed a bill banning any books, educational materials, and classroom discussions, which include words like racial prejudice, patriarchy, structural inequality, intersectionality, and critical self-reflection. Obviously, a broad ban on the use of this type of terminology makes it essentially impossible to teach students objective information on subjects such as the civil rights movement, slavery, and segregation. Ironically, anti-CRT rhetoric leads to actual indoctrination in classrooms by banning and censoring any information relevant to America's racial history. Earlier, we discussed Florida's ban on AP African American history, but what's important to note is what's actually being taught in the course. Christopher Tinson, the chair of the African American Studies Department at St. Louis University, was involved in creating the AP African American history course and denies that the class teaches CRT. He states that it does not teach CRT because the CRT framework is too advanced for high school students. Instead, the class examines historical periods such as slavery, Reconstruction, the Harlem Renaissance, the Civil Rights Movement, and the Haitian Revolution. Obviously, understanding the historical context behind these periods requires an understanding of racial inequality. So we can see how CRT has become a boogeyman for politicians and how politicians use fear mongering to censor topics relating to racial inequality.
We can see this beyond the educational sphere and into the commercial sphere as well with Florida's Stop Woke Act. Woke being an acronym for wrongs to our kids and employees. In addition to classroom censorship of sensitive racial topics, this bill also makes it an unlawful employment practice for companies to require an employee to go through racial training programs. One such type of unlawful training outlined in the bill is teaching that racial colorblindness is racist or was created by members of one race to oppress another. The same applies to any educational or job training program that talks about meritocracy as racist. In other words, Florida's legislation bans discourse which questions the status quo, and it's very obvious to see why these rules would make educators and employers alike reluctant to discuss institutional racism out of fear of punishment. This all leads back to the importance of CRT. Ignorance is dangerous in how it leads to censorship of facts as well as indoctrination. For this reason, ignorance and disinformation must be confronted head on, which is why CRT and a proper understanding of CRT is essential in the political sphere. People are supposed to be uncomfortable because the past, the past of this country, the history of this country, was uncomfortable for far too many people. It was mm -hmm. genocidal. It was, uh, it was hate. It was full of hate. Um, and to just think that we should all just be okay with people being uh, belittled, dehumanized, and murdered in our current society and say that, oh my God, you're, you're attacking me because I'm white? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so both of you have mentioned um, just addressing the issue at hand. I think it's just really super important to do that, um, especially when considering the experiences of Black Americans or minorities in general. Um, I know, I think it was Jacob, you have mentioned um, just like the, well, I think both of you have mentioned the fact that a white person like your ancestors or your um, like grandparents or great grandparents could have taken part in owning a plantation or that's what you built your business off, off of which is fine like okay that was in the past but you also have to think about this topic makes me uncomfortable but what if my family owned one of the plantations that I'm having with the person that I'm having the conversation with if that makes mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. so thinking about like how it makes the other the person on the other side uncomfortable as well Mm, yeah, these are going to be uncomfortable conversations like that we just have about race and about you know history of racism and oppression in America because it's something that you know, as a deeply slaves didn't have access to basic amenities like housing and healthcare and anything else they needed to survive. So they were once again forced to work, you know, on plantations, but for very low wages instead of. Uh, you know, being property, it, it was still a form of, I, I would still consider it a form of slavery, at least because they didn't have any other option. We didn't. Analogy, if I put someone in a boat and I'm rowing the boat for them, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out now. But now that person is still stuck in the boat. I was rowing the boat for them, but I never taught them. So now they're just stuck in the middle of the water. Um, mm -hmm. I think that would be a, a good way to kind of explain it. Like, we're going to let the slaves be free, but we're not going to 
reaccommodate them into back in society or give them the tools that they need in order to succeed within society. Mm-hmm. Right. It's uh, you definitely see those legacies today. Um, there's no, there's like there's a national conversation about things like reparations, uh, but you know like that's not there's no federal legislation implemented yet or any discussion about that because. They don't care. They don't care about that. They only care about what their legacies still exist. These legacies of racism still exist because we have never grappled with it. We have never sought to eradicate it completely because that's just the fabric of this country. Do um, you guys have anything else you want to say? Because I think we're getting real close or maybe over um, the time. Um, I don't think so. I would say that's, the, I think that would be, that should be good. Mm, I think we've hit on all the main points just as a closing remark. I mean, I would say that, you know, it's um, it's definitely important in order to progress as a society for us to talk about all of these legacies of racism and all of this history and to spread awareness and proper education about race as a social reality and how it impacts our day-to-day lives and how we can do better to actually create a fair society it means confronting uncomfortable topics it means potentially confronting it means well it means definitely not just potentially but definitely confronting our own you know individual biases as well as institutional biases and i don't think that it should make like anyone uncomfortable or all like it is is uncomfortable at first but i I think that we need to be a lot more concerned about how to actually progress forward instead of being worried about branded as a bad person or as a bigot for any dumb, for any, you know, thing that ancestors have done in the past in America or any of our own ignorance today. It's very important to spread this awareness, which is why CRT is essential. <laughs>